0: episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford Come right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review like wordle five five letters wordle five stars there you go on apple and spotify podcasts what they don't know is I just played live on the air for the Pop Culture Cosmos, a game of Wordle. Did we win? You're going to have to find out this weekend on the Pop Culture Cosmos. But if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Jamie is cracking up. Pop Culture Cosmos, inside sports, fantasy, football, game source, the great folks at Lakerholics.com and the awesome mm-hmm. folks at the hoop Pets Podcast Network, it is sincerely appreciated. you know, isn't it ironic that Wordle is a six-letter word for a five-letter game?
1: There's a lot that's ironic about Wordle.
0: I'm like, why did... I don't know. It's too much. It's Uh, taken over the world. I just want to let you know. And world is five letters. I'll just leave it at that.
1: Can we make a game called, like... Quirtle, where like you play it and you help fight climate change, or a game like Equirtle, where you, like you help you play the game, but you help fight free. Hey, as long
0: as the New York Times comes in and buys it from us for low seven figures like they did earlier this week with Wordle, that's okay by me. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm trying to work that angle, my friend. You Ever since I, I started you the, the show, people know. I've been trying to work that angle. Okay, New York mm-hmm. Times wants to come in with their podcasting outlets want to go ahead and, and buy this and scoop this up for a low seven figures deal. Yes, that's all right. We're good. We'll argue over the residuals in court later on. There you go. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, Here, here's a hundred. Oh, I see Jamie right around his Maserati. Oh, that's good, man. That's real good. Guess who got the biggest cut?
1: <laughs> no, I would definitely get a, I'd definitely get a Tesla
0: there. Okay. There you go. That's for sure. Well, yeah, Maseratis, they're coming out in electric, electric vehicles. There you go. I
1: mean, if you want to sell a car in the state of California, you, you better produce an electric car.
0: So That you should. That you should indeed, my friend. Unless you work for the post office, but I won't go there. This show has already gone off the rails. We're off to a great start. Yes, we've jumped the shark on this episode. But getting back in, the Lakers coming off of a very ugly win against the Portland Trailblazers at home. They escape by five points. Still, a lot of questions remain. If you heard our show, we were complaining left and right. I mean, a lot of things were said on that show. I was actually more angry about what's going on with the Jerry West fiasco, right. and that
1: which it, you didn't get to properly vent about. I feel
0: like. Well, my internet cut me off too. That's how right. bad. That's how angry I was. Is my internet right. cut me off? And wouldn't you know? It came back on, as I noted to you immediately after the show. It came mm-hmm. back. It was working fine. So imagine that. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe some dark forces were in play. Hmm.
1: Jimmy Buss is like,
0: nah. Yeah, exactly. But the Lakers, in the middle of a back-to-back, they came on the second day of a back-to-back, playing in the crypt against their old arch rivals. I don't know. Can you really call them arch rivals? Not yet. we got to meet them in a playhouse. Maybe that'll help. They're like the annoying neighbor. Well, they will be the annoying neighbor because they'll get to go to that nice, shiny... Building next to the Forum and SoFi Stadium that they're being built. So, yeah, yeah. Wow. thank God they're keeping the Forum though. Yeah, that's, that's I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah, a classy move there. You got to admit that's a classy move. But I... again, they met up against the Clippers tonight, and for a while it seemed like it was going to be a really good game. Manu Mano in the first half, their Lakers were only down by six, but it was pretty close throughout. Third quarter, though, the Lakers looked like the back-to-back, the legs were getting a little bit tired, and the fatigue was setting in from what I was watching. And then the Lakers fell down in a third quarter pretty hard, and they were down by as many as 10. But they came back strong. They came back from a double-digit deficit in the fourth quarter to actually take the lead in the closing moments, only to go back and forth. And I will say this was a much better game to watch if you're a basketball fan because there was enough offense and enough defense to go ahead and satisfy most basketball fans out there. It wasn't an ugly game like the previous game at all for the Lakers, but unfortunately, as the closing seconds came out, with about four seconds left, Reggie Jackson hit a really tough layup, but still got it in there, and then that followed up by the Lakers, unfortunately, with an AD shot, I think he should have gotten in a little bit closer and made it easier for himself, but he unfortunately rushed it and missed. And the Lakers, unfortunately, get squeaked out by the Clippers in a second game of the back-to-back, 111-110, narrowly, narrowly trying to go ahead and get that victory. But here today to talk about the very close game, the great fourth quarter performance, the underlying problems and what he might have on the brain when it comes to trades, because I asked him to think up some trades, trades is a good man. Indeed. You got to go and catch his five great things, articles, or five things, articles. I keep saying great things. It hasn't been so great this year. Five things, articles at Lakerholics.com. It is my good friend, Mr. Jamie, sweet Jamie in the rocket raccoon shirt. There Mm -hmm. you go. Rocking it. Indeed. I thought it was rocket raccoon. But yeah, it's,
1: he's got a banjo, different kind of weapon.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But my friend, it's great to have you here. Wanted to ask you again, from a basketball standpoint, it was a very fun game to watch back and forth. I mean, but the ultimate ending didn't come out quite well for the Lakers.
1: Yeah. I mean, both teams are, both teams are kind of in the same hole down, down some major players. Um, I think the difference in this game again was uh how much effort the Lakers play with throughout the game. You know, if you look at the third quarter, quarter, you know, we gave up 28 points in the first quarter. That's not bad. But then 32 in the second, that's pretty terrible. And then, you know, came out and laid another down the third with 34 points that we gave up and didn't score over 30 points uh, in any quarter of our own. Uh, Couldn't get over 30. So it's not that I don't think they're trying. They're obviously trying real hard, you know, and this team just doesn't have it, whatever, you know, that, that thing that, that, that lets you push through a little fatigue or you get that stop, you know, or that rebound, hit that three, whatever, whatever it is that we're missing it. And it's, it's not just LeBron. It it didn't, we didn't have it when it was LeBron at center playing like he was five years younger. We haven't had it at any point this season and we still don't have it. And I I don't stop
0: me if you heard this before, I mean, Anthony Davis comes in with 30 points, 17 rebounds and two block shots. That's great. You're seeing monster numbers from one player. Like you did. It's almost like if LeBron James was doing those monster numbers, then he gets swapped out for Anthony Davis. Yeah. We don't get those numbers concurrently at the same time.
1: No. I mean, Russell
0: Russell Westbrook got 17. Malik Monk got 21, but they took him a lot of shots for both to get there. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony, unfortunately, in the first half yeah. went out with a hamstring strain. That was very disappointing. I mean, just the Lakers, like you said, they're not able to get that consistent team effort for four quarters. We did fight Felix. Felix is in the chat room. We did fight, but that was yeah. the fourth <laughs> quarter w- when the deficit was too large.
1: This isn't one of those games where I walked away thinking like, wow, we really laid an eggs at the game. I, I, You know, it was the second night of a back-to-back. You, you got to respect that. It's late in the season. You know, when you turn to the 36-year-old Trevor Ariza and he actually almost delivers, that's a, a mildly welcome sign. But then, you know, seven minutes of Kate, Kent Bazemore and he, and he put up donuts. Uh, he made a free throw, um, you know, got an assist. Got to um, do more than that. Got to do more than that. Or give those minutes to, to, to Reeves or THT, you know, like, or Monk
0: or Bradley, uh, almost anybody really. So uh, Trevor Reza, five points in 17 minutes. I mean, uh, but Austin Reeves, five points in 25 minutes.
1: Played the kind of defense in the fourth quarter that this team needs to play through four quarters, not just in one quarter, not just at the end, the whole game. Uh, And that's, I just don't think this team has that. I don't think there's enough young guys and the young guys we don't have aren't great defenders or are learning to be defenders at this level still, like THT and Reeves. And, you know, it's just, it's really frustrating because you feel like if you could bottle the effort from this team that you see in spurts, or even every once in a while, once in a blue moon, over the course of an entire game, where they put it together on both ends, that you do see the, the bones of something that could have been special. But at this point, you know, coming up on coming up on three quarters of the, two thirds, three quarters of the way through the season, uh, you don't have a lot of time to figure out a lot of these issues. And even if you f- think you figure it out, who's going to be able to? Who's going to get healthy? I mean, depending on Melo, if that's a hamstring pull, that's that's going to be a couple of weeks. You know, yeah. if you've got a strained hamstring, that's likely going to be a couple of weeks, two months, absolutely. And if LeBron's knee isn't going down, the swelling isn't going down, that might be after the All-Star break.
0: And
1: now you're looking at like, you know, six weeks, seven weeks after that of basketball. So
0: not now even. you're looking at a not definite ninth or tenth place showing in the play game. At best. At best. This team is dangerously close to falling out of the playoff
1: race even the play-in race. They're out of the playoff race. The the tradition, you know, the traditional playoff race would have been 7-8. And frankly, I know LeBron liked to say, like, oh, I don't like the play LeBron's going to like the play-in if he makes the play-in this season. Uh, because that's the only chance they're going to have to get to the playoffs. Well, so. there's
0: six games up on the win column ahead of New Orleans, San Antonio, and Sacramento for, before they fall out of the play-in game. Yeah, but if Zion comes back, like I think he will
1: sooner than later, I could see New Orleans making a big push and making it really uncomfortable for the Lakers. They can't. This team, to me, for the entire season, has felt like it's resting on laurels far too often. You know, they've got amazing talent, incredible pedigree, historical players, but nobody cares. Not on the floor, not in between those floor lines, not in the hardwood. and you see it when we play Memphis when they when they talk smack at our guys and frankly, deservedly so. they play harder more consistently than we do. And their record shows it. That's that's probably not a thing a lot of Laker fans want to hear right now, but this team has a problem playing hard consistently. I, I don't know. I don't know that you turn that on three quarters of the way through the season. Uh, and you certainly don't turn it on and, and get up to the sixth or the fifth seed at this point. Um, you know, Denver might be getting Jamal Murray back in a month or so. Um, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George could come back for the Clippers. Minnesota isn't fading. They're not, they're, they're, they're pushing their way into, you know, a top eight seed, top six, maybe if, you know, luck goes their way a little bit. And, you know, Portland hanging around a little bit. Uh, I don't think Dave Lillard comes back this season, to be honest. I think Portland may look at jettisoning, and this might be a nice segue into some of my trade proposals. I think Portland may end up jettisoning, jettisoning some of their – um, some of their guys to try to get just another. Uh, sh, uh, sh, this sounds amazing, uh, but well, let's let's get into this later. But uh, in terms of this game, you know, you could point in any number of places. You know, miss shots, miss free throws, miss threes.
0: 80 had a monster game. Uh, I love the comeback. I wish um, the defense would have been a little, a little bit better because they Clippers shot fifty one percent from the field.
1: Yeah, and... and 45 I mean,
0: from three. I will say this is one of the games where we, I thought, had a better rebounding game than... Yeah, it was close, 44 to 43, so... You know, we, we did
1: a good... We were better in the first half than in the second. The, our rebounding kind of kept us in this game in the first half, to be honest. Clippers had more fast break points. Clippers had a couple more points in the paint. Frankly we wouldn't have been in this game this much if what had happened to the Lakers a lot this season happened tonight where we don't get to the line a lot, but we got to the line a lot. We got to there 25 times, only made 17 and the Clippers only shot 11. And I, I don't think they were over double digit attempts until after, you know, well into the fourth quarter. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's not fun. It's not fun. And at this point with this, with the level of talent on this team, Moral victories ring real hollow for me. Uh, You know, I like Reeves tonight. I thought he kind of recaptured some of what was kind of special about him earlier in the season. Um, He had kind of
0: fallen off a little bit in his shot. He 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 just needs to be more aggressive. He was going to play 25 minutes, he can't just take two shots. Well, that's,
1: you know, this is... I think that's part of the problem is that when you play with guys like AD and Carmelo and Russ and LeBron and these names, right? These guys who you've grown up watching, you're going to have some second, you're going to have some hesitancy every once in a while, whether, and that's, and he's a rookie, you know,
0: an undrafted rookie. (laughs) I don't mind Malik Monk taking all those shots because 21 points on 19 shots. That's not a great percentage, but seven assists, seven rebounds. I know at least he's giving some maximum effort out there. Russell Westbrook again, the ride continues. He's a plus five overall in the plus-minus, but you saw a seven for eighteen shooting, one or five from three. I mean that, and the rebounds and assists were kind of low for him. Six rebounds, four assists. That's not stepping up when you have a major guy out there.
1: No, I mean his his plus came entirely from the comeback in the fourth quarter yeah. when. when if you were watching the TNT broadcast you saw Frank Vogel trying to fire him up saying hey
0: man this is your quarter
1: this is this is where you got to go out and take over this ball game and he did his he tried he did his best he did they were
0: down best. by double digits at that point
1: yeah they were down i think our largest deficit was maybe 14 it was 12 or 14 yeah i think it was 14 and there was a moment where i was like this game might be over right here you know we might
0: not have it in us to put together a comeback at this point. actually it's uh, 17 my apologies 17
1: Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't think it was that bad. But that's what I mean. You know, the team got down large in the third and, you know, started to claw back at the end of the third a little bit. I think they got it to, like, a respectable margin. I think around 12 or so to go into the fourth. And then came up uh, point short.
0: Actually took the lead on two occasions in that fourth quarter and could have really... But then couldn't get a stop. Couldn't
1: couldn't couldn't stop stop.
0: Morris and couldn't stop Jackson.
1: And they couldn't stop them all game long. It wasn't like they shook loose in the fourth they didn't. They didn't have an answer for
0: Mark, Marcus Morris or Reggie Jackson at any point in this basketball game. And That's pretty sad because uh, you know Reggie Jackson has been struggling mightily this year from yeah. the field and from the three point area. So hey, when Marcus you him, he's, old. You're...
1: <laughs> he's yeah. an old dude at this point. You know these aren't guys who are. You know this isn't like giving it up to John Morant or you know. So it it was a nice comeback. That's like the third nice comeback this month already we uh, in the last couple of weeks. And it's nice to see that the team has this level of fight, but I think you'd be hard pressed to find a, a Laker fan that didn't expect more out of this uh, a few months ago, even after the rough start. Like once we got LeBron back, I've, and even after he went down when AD came back, it's amazing to me that Russ and AD aren't better together. Uh, or LeBron and Russ, or LeBron, Russ, and AD, which we haven't seen a lot of. It kind of has led me to the conclusion that the in the modern NBA, the way the salary cap works, the way the taxes get so punitive so quickly, and despite it being a multi-billion dollar industry, none of these people are actually truly made of money, and it does not grow on trees for them. The three superstar formula is a is a faulty formula. It's fool's school. It hasn't, I don't think, actually worked in any case where the three players took had, had the max salary that they could. When it worked in LeBron, all three took less money. When it worked in Boston, all three took less money. Kobe and Powell are a different story. Kobe and Shaq is a different story. A, the salary cap was a lot different during the Kobe and Shaq era. There was a tax, I believe, but it wasn't like how it is now where you play like $3 to one over the tech, which is, I think, a little much. And I understand why it's there. And small market teams, I get it. But you, you sacrifice so much depth and so much ability to make a small tweak to your roster that once you lock yourself into that, you know, you either – you just ride it out and you got to hope it works. There's not a player I think that we can get for THT or THT and none or THT and Tilt to Whirl on the veteran minimum contacts. You know, go ahead, spin the, spin the vet minimum wheel and see what you land on. I don't think any of those guys are bringing back a – you know, certainly not a Christian Wood Jeremy Grant level player, but maybe not even like a uh, Covington Nurkic level player, which definitely segues into my trade proposal. So, <laughs> this is Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break.
0: Out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. So you forced me down. You, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing. I would say The Matrix Resurrections.
1: Right. Really funny. Yeah,
0: because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like.
1: <laughs> well played sir well played
0: yes that's the only reason for the flashbacks is to remind you what a good matrix movie was that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts once again it's jamie sweet you got to check out his five things articles right there at lakerholics.com the lakers once again unfortunately could not squeak out the win tonight against the Clippers. They lose 111 to 110 on a layup with four seconds left by Reggie Jackson. But before we head on out, my friend, I know some great things are on the way with your Five Things articles. I know some pointed things are going to come up for the Five Things articles for tomorrow when it concerns the Clippers and the Lakers. But before we head on out, I asked you for some trade proposals that you might think might squeak things a little bit in our direction. So maybe some tweaks here along the way. I think that's pretty much all we can do with what the assets that we have to trade. Yeah. I think it doesn't really get serious for us until the summer until we can actually really get some good benefits from Russell Westbrook's contract. But let me know your thoughts out there before we head on out.
1: So you asked for two and I actually came up with three. Sure. That I that, know uh, yeah, it's astounding because I usually come up with zero. I almost, I have not <laughs> I am not a trade guy. Like, I remember being floored when we trade for Powell. And, I mean, that was one of those moves nobody saw coming and, you know, was an NBA-altering deal. That ain't happening this this year. So, you know, move on from that. I don't think we're going to trade Russell Westbrook in season. I don't see any team looking at that as a net positive in season. I think our best hope is to try to farm or mine some of the quality players from teams that are pretty sure they're not going to either make the playoffs or do a lot in the playoffs and want to get below the tax apron so that they can share in the tax revenue pool. The taxpayers pay into a pool. The non-taxpayers get free money. (laughs) The big spenders spend, and the the not-so-big spenders get profit. Those two teams, in my opinion, there's two teams that fall into uh, the range where they could, I don't want to say be looking at a full-scale rebuild, but could be interested in, for the price, and if we include none on one of them, THT and none. And we might need to include, at the very least, a second round draft pick to grease the wheels a little bit. The one would be THT for Jurkic on Portland, straight up. You get a young, bruising center who I understand spacing. I understand the modern NBA is obsessed with spacing. I am of the opinion that you still need to defend the paint and rebound the ball, which we have been terrible at this season. And Jurkic is a walking double double. Guy gets you 10 rebounds a night and scores around 10 points a game. And that's what we need from the center position right now. Dwight Howard with his four rebounds and seven points in 10 minutes played
0: admirably. But you can't ask much more.
1: Can't ask for any more than that. Same with Avery Bradley with his 20-ish minutes a game, right? A- Avery Bradley's playing 20 minutes a game. That's all You get. You're not gonna, you can't ask for more than 20 minutes and Trevor Reza played 17 minutes, that's topping out near what you can expect from him on a regular basis. And for him to have the level of impact that he had, to be, to be honest, I don't see him having this impact again for like another week. Like he's going to need a couple of days in the cryo chamber, you know, maybe a trip to the Bahamas to like, you know, like get back to the way he was feeling today. But, and I joke because I have a lot of respect for Trevor Reza and the way he's conducted himself in the NBA, but I, think we really need to take some pressure off of LeBron and AD at the five uh, and have the option of going a little more traditional, give Russ a real pick-and-roll guy who he can run, pick-and-roll with, who's good at it but isn't Dwight at this age, somebody who's younger, somebody who's faster, somebody who's more athletic and mobile. The other is THT not in a pick for Covington, which would fulfill – the Portland Trail criteria to both release themselves an expiring contract and get under the tax apron, I think that falls. I'd have to double check, but I think that falls into the. It fits with the um, trade cap rules of money going out and money coming in. It's close. It might be a little weighted to the Lakers. It might be more. We might need to take in more salary, which makes it a little more complicated. It gets Portland close. And you could always, you know, trade somebody into OKC who actually has to get up to on the apron in order to not get penalized this season. You would always trade another player or two into uh, OKC's salary cap and Russell Westbrook. That that ain't happening. I but, know I'm joking. But Ellington or DeAndre Jordan or really anyone Sam Presti says, well we're gonna turn around and wave you, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> We just want to we just want to pick for our troubles because all I I have a team full of picks. I don't have players. I just have picks. It's just a bunch of numbers running around out there. And then my third trade is again. This would actually help us in our cap. we are We're so over the cap. It doesn't really matter. This would take us just about two million less salary going out or coming in rather. That would be a THT for Thomas Bryant straight up. Thomas is not the defender that I think we need. He does, however, fulfill the criteria of a big guy who can shoot the ball from the outside. I'm always amazed that people are like, oh, well, we need a stretch five. And you see what like centers shoot from the outside. And it's like league average at best. And they're, you know, and they're seen as this integral piece to winning a basketball, a playoff series in basketball. I find that to be overly simplistic. I think it's like anything. There are useful tools that are great for certain situations, but there's a reason that you don't use a hammer to fix everything or a Phillips head screwdriver to fix everything. Each one has its purpose. Each one has its place in the toolbox. So if you keep Dwight, you have a bruising center that you can play for the, you know, in the series that you need him for the, you know, 10, 20 minutes a game that you think you need him in when you need them, but you have a different option that takes a little bit of the pressure off LeBron, some of the pressure off of AD and depending on how long Melo's out. I mean, basically I'm looking at it from the standpoint of even with Covington, you're getting size, but we need, we need size and we need defense and we need rebounding. And so in that order, I would put it defense rebounding size, to be honest, but those level of moves the 10 million maybe 12 to 13 million dollar players and under and then we're right back to and does that really change anything at all the only so the, the benefit for the lakers in some of those moves is well you get a guy as opposed to malik monk you get a guy with bird rights you can work things out to either keep these guys Although, you know, after we didn't pay Caruso this season, this summer rather, I have a hard time seeing us shove out another $10 million extension for Thomas Bryan is a $30 million tax hit. Same goes for Covington. Same goes for Jurkic. So from a philosophy standpoint, when it comes to how the Lakers have used their money this season, I have a hard time seeing us hold on to anybody but a clutch client, to be honest. And I really have no interest in trading Westbrook for somebody who we're going to have to deal with in terms of either more money and a longer contract and more of an injury history, like John Wall, or a little less money, but a lot more competitive issues and fit issues, in my opinion, in Ben Simmons. I am dead against Ben Simmons ever being a Laker. I I cannot imagine a worse person. I don't
0: think you have to worry about that. There's nothing that the Lakers can, can send in return. That's going to get. I mean, it might be next, next summer. If we still have, you know, I don't know. If Uh, he sits out two seasons now, mind you, he's being fined enough to go ahead and basically blanket his salary that he's earning. So we talked about this previously on the show. Yeah. He got most of his money up front, but by the time the season ends, he will probably have a zero, a net zero for how much he's being fined as opposed to what he's making. Him, he can't I'm, go through two years of that.
1: He's going to then that. He's might have to play.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm curious to see, to be honest, this is, this is other than can the Lakers find it within themselves to play with the effort and, uh, and, and defensive focus and intensity that we saw in the fourth quarter tonight, more consistently over 48 minutes. The only other thing I'm very much interested in the NBA at this point is what does Ben Simmons do after the trade deadline? And he's still a 76er, which is what I think is going to happen. At that point, the Rich Paul plan of, oh, don't worry, bro. Wherever you want to play, we'll get you there. Plan will have 100% backfired. He will have forfeited the gross domestic product of some third world countries Taken nothing but media hits to show for it, you know. He's not doing anything positive with his time away from the game. He's not out there advocating for mental health, or you know, all of it is just, just terribly managed. This whole fiasco of him sitting out has been a joke. <laughs> it's just a terrible joke. And I don't know. Rich Paul was at the game tonight, and I thought that was kind of funny because I was like, oh, talk <laughs> to Frank about. Plan THT more to get his value
0: up? Is that what, is that what you're building for? Well, certainly didn't do a good job of that tonight. Only nine points in 24 minutes. Still yeah. could have Tw- done a better job. 21 minutes. I mean, this is minutes. the thing with THT. Everybody likes to talk about his potential. I
1: see a good player, right? I see a fine role player. I see a guy who you could hope, like, would realize, man, I am not a 20-point-a-game scorer. I mean, he will score 20 points in a game but he is not a 20 point a game scorer. He lacks the jump shot. He lacks the tenacity and he doesn't have explosiveness. He is not an explosive player. He's not a fast player. He's not a tall player and he doesn't have great hops. He has long arms. That's his calling. card. Those arms. They're long, man. And I get that's, it's important. It's a great, Aspect to have. I'd rather have a long arm big hand player than a tiny arm small hand player like Kwame Brown, but he's not going to turn into, I don't see it anyway. You know, I, I'll be quite happy if he proves me wrong. You know, Lonzo Ball became a little bit better than I thought he would become. What about what I thought he would become, right? Away from the Lakers. And I thought that he would do better away from the Lakers as I thought Brandon Ingram would do better away from the Lakers in smaller markets. Granted, Chicago is not as. Small market as the New Orleans Pelicans are, but his time there was when he was able to like the noise around him quieted, right, and he was able to just play basketball. And then he found his mojo. Now he's in a more of a contending situation on a on a real team uh, with title hopes this season. And same with Randall. Randall had a breakout season. I was curious to see if he could replicate that season. Hasn't been able to replicate that season. I think, to be honest, if the Lakers play their cards right, they could make a deal with New York in the offseason. I don't see Tibbs giving up on those guys midseason. He's not that kind of coach. I think that he, at least for the time being, he and the front office are kind of seeing eye to eye in terms of like the culture they want to build there. And the team that they want to have there—that would be my 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 hope. That if we—I don't know that we can get Randall back, but depending on how things work out, they may sour on him a little bit. You know, he had that he had that diss for the for the fans of the Knicks, which is never a good look. There are some New York Mets you should have talked to <laughs> about that before dropping that one in your post gamer. And you know, he's he's taking a he, I, it's argue it's it's not difficult to say that he's taken a step back this season, especially from the three-point line. But as far as in-season trades, I don't see us trading anymore. Obviously, and the, you asked for trade proposals, proposals I, I provided them. I don't see any of them happening. I see – I really don't. I really don't. I think that, you know, we'll do that trade deadline show like we did last season, which was a lot of fun to watch because – it was, and I hate to say this, but it's kind of Tom is such Lake of Tom is such a sweetheart when it comes to the trade market. He he does so cherish the idea of tinkering I think with things for some reason and whenever you guys would be like oh, something's coming through on this and that other thing, I'd be like, and it's so and so to another team and like, I remember when Norman Powell went to uh, the Trailblazers you were like, no! You know what I mean? Like Yeah. But these are the things that I'm like, what did what did anybody really expect? Like if you're really honest, like we just don't have a lot to offer. We just don't have a lot to offer. And you can read somebody's glowing Twitter fanboy page about THT or coups or, or whatever, but Those kind of deals usually happen in the summer. It's rare that you see, especially as teams, you know, there's not going to be a lot of cap space this year. There's going to be a grip ton of sign-in trades this summer, or a lot of teams are going to run it back just the way they are. And I think that is, in some ways, every Laker fan's nightmare is that we don't find a good trade partner to to move Russ to, and we don't have the ability to sign a you know Malik Monk after this season, and we're left using the MLE to keep none or somebody like that. And that's your 2022-2023 Laker friend, Laker team, ladies and gentlemen. That would be my kind of nightmare scenario for the summer. But I just don't see a trade happening in season. Um, I don't, you know, you can you can spin the vet minimum wheel and see which one lands to add to whatever deal you want to make it fit in the machine. None of, none of these guys are, <laughs> oh, oh wait, 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 I'm sorry you just say deandre jordan <laughs> well let's make a deal like it's not not gonna happen so we got to figure it out in-house you know the solution is in-house it has always been in-house and my only hope is that after the trade deadline and everybody realizes they're staying where they are that they don't have to sell their condo that they get to they 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 they, they relax and play play a little loose, looser, more fun, better basketball. That's honestly what I hope from the trading deadline is that it passes and guys like THT, um, you know, Russ, maybe even a little, although I don't think Russ is phased by much, to be honest, are able to just be like, okay, now we're past that. Let's, let's finish strong. You know, let's finish strong. Cause if we don't, uh, I, I could see us losing the playing game. I could, you know, see us not making the playoffs at all as a result. And then I think you see the Lakers' Queen house. If we don't make the playoffs at all, I think the Lakers' Queen house this summer. I I think no one should feel – no one in that front office should be uh, looking at Marina Del Rey real estate right now thinking, like, perhaps I should invest in some beachfront property. I don't think you should get too comfortable because it has not turned out the way It feels like it should
0: have. No, it certainly hasn't indeed. And again, like you said, if the playoffs are not in the cards for the Lakers, some wholesale changes, as I requested on the previous episode, definitely need to be and hopefully will be made if that's the case. But we'll wait and see. But the Lakers, for now, unfortunately, lose in the final seconds to the Los Angeles Clippers. 111-110, 111 to 110. Their record right now is not the most sparkling in the world, but unfortunately, I got to tell you that it is 25 and 28th. They're still in ninth place in the Western Conference. Unfortunately, again, they're not gaining any ground, especially on a game like tonight when they lose to the direct team above them in the standings. So that's not a good thing indeed. But we'll be back on Saturday after the game as the new york knicks come into town to go ahead and face off against the los angeles lakers on saturday and i'll tell you what i am so glad to go ahead and check out everything this weekend i'm hoping that the lakers will on a primetime abc game maybe get everything back in order although abc i'm sure is kind of bummed that lebron is not going to be there and you know that's kind of needs a little hit in the ratings there but what are you going to do but We'll see what happens as the New York Knicks head into town to face off against the Lakers. And we'll be back after the game on Saturday to talk about it. Hopefully it'll be to win and get them back on the right track. But we'll wait and see. Jamie, any last thoughts before we head on out? Get better, Lakers. Get better, everybody. Hopefully get better, indeed. But once again, they lose 111-110 to 110 to the Los Angeles Clippers. But we will be back on Saturday. Hopefully talking about a win against the New York Knicks at the Crypt. So we'll see what happens there because lately it's been a crypt at the Los Angeles. Crypt. But again, we'll see what happens on Saturday after the game against the Knicks right here at the Lakers Passport.